Man, I can understand how it might be Kinda hard to love a girl like me I don't blame you much for wanting to be free I just wanted you to know Swiss told me let the beat rock Another summer edition of uh, Chip and Chase. We have the same guys back on um, as we had for our free agency preview. Um, it's 610, the Rangers guy, New York guy, and the other New York guy, uh, Connor. So, guys, thanks again for joining me. How are we doing tonight? Doing good, doing good. Good, man. Summer good. hockey, let's, let's, let's do it. Yeah, it's summer hockey, and like people have been kind of chirping us about or, or me specifically about bringing it back. Pat, even you did it right here on the podcast. I'm so bored out of my mind in July that that's kind of a factor, too. There's nothing going on. You mean Wimbledon and soccer aren't doing it for you? <laughs> I like soccer. I streamed that game uh, from my desk today, uh, at least the last 30 minutes or so. I think it was pretty much wrapped up. I, I enjoy it, but I just, right now I'm, like, dying for, like, Game of Thrones, like, some, like, something. You need a little action. You need some, you need some pace. So, Right, so just some, not even not even pace. I need something to just occupy the five hours between the time I get home <laughs> and the time I go to sleep. So figured we'd do a little hour of this, and maybe it helps everyone else out there wanting to kill themselves during the July in a rainstorm too. So, uh, so thanks for coming back on, guys. We might as well kind of dive right back in. I'll give you guys credit. We'll start with Stamkos, um, the biggest name, staying put. Uh, initial thoughts on that, uh, Pat, or 610? I mean, it's like I said, I thought it was the most obvious place uh, for, for him to stay. The pieces are there to win now, to win in the future. Um, he doesn't have to worry now about the burden of bringing Toronto to the promised land, which, you know, would have been a great story, but is quite a tall task. Um, you know, there were other teams involved, but Toronto was supposedly the most serious. Uh, maybe Buffalo, I know there was a small report about the Rangers, but that was never really serious. Um in the end, I mean, they both played hardball, and no surprise, Eisenman looked him dead in the eye and said, listen, take it or leave it, this is it. Um, he knows he had the best product. Um, obviously, the whole Florida state tax thing helps to make his $8.5 million salary actually earn him almost as much money as maybe getting 10 mil elsewhere. Um, he gets everything he wants, and again, he's still young. He's only 26, and all the kids around him are, are phenomenal. You know, they, they, they locked up Hedman now. Um, they got a lot of RFA business to still handle, but you know they still got Ben Bishop dangling out there for a collateral. Obviously, he's going to be the odd man out now that they signed Vasilevsky. Um, but the Lightning are, are going to be a, a force as far as now and longevity. I would put the Lightning at the top in the East. I mean, how could you argue? I, I would. Uh, it pains me a little bit to say this, obviously, as like the guy who says Dynasty Reign every other tweet. Uh, I think they're the top of the league. Uh, not just the East, but the whole league. I think the Lightning are now set. Uh, Drew N deciding to, you know, get his head on straight and actually play some hockey. And he played great. And he played great. So now it's like another, like another super talented um, forward. So they're they're a scary team, and I think Victor Hedman is like a top five player in the whole league too. Right. Um, Connor, what'd you make of uh, the Lightning's overall uh, free agency period? Um, I think the whole thing. It was it was all about making Stamkos the guy. When at least talking to him going to, to the Leafs, it was all about making him the guy to turn the franchise around. But he's that guy in Tampa, just with all the pieces they need to win right now. 
Yeah. It, it, it would have been like going to, when he first came to Tampa would have been the same situation he'd be going into in Toronto where he's the face of the franchise. He's the guy that's going to turn that franchise around. But you got to wait two or three years when the young kids kind of develop into what they are now. He stays in Tampa. He's the guy that's building that franchise, or he's the guy that built that franchise into what it is. And now Hedman's where he needs to be. He has all. He has, like you just said, Druin's finally got his head on his shoulders, playing great hockey. He's what what everyone wanted to, him to turn Toronto into is what he has around him in Tampa right now. Yeah, and Toronto might be a great team in 2020, but they'll probably still be playing Tampa Bay in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like that, right. like Tampa Bay is they're set up. They're 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 kind of like. As I know they haven't won a cup with this group, but to me, like they're the envy of the league. Like I, I love Taves and Kane. I know that those guys earned that ten and a half million dollar contract. But when then you look at Stamkos signed for what was his final number? You said eight point five a year. Eight point five a year, yeah. Damn, that would have been real. That's you know who that is. That's Andrew Ladd. Andrew Ladd is back. Brandon Sod's probably back. Uh, if those guys are making you know four million less uh, between the two of them every year, so. Uh, it'd be at least one more of those great players that they would have been able to keep. So, uh, so that is quite the luxury. And you're right. I guess I saw somewhere the state tax difference made. You know, the Toronto would have to pay him because you got to pay the Queen. You know, when you're living right. in Toronto, that you're, uh, he would have had to be like almost almost at like 12 million, I think, to make what he's making in Tampa. So it is it is significant. Everyone likes to like run and jump on that right away, like, oh, did you know about the state tax? Like, yeah, like, we all, we all fucking know about the state tax, but uh, there was, I didn't realize it was that substantial, so good for him, good for them. I think Detroit really kind of lost out on that, too, like, they seem like they, you know, they moved Datsu, you know, so they could have a chance for Stamkos, they seem like the big losers of that whole thing. Um, other, we might as well stay in the Atlantic, what did you guys uh, make of the David Backus to Boston? I know we got a question, um, from a guy on Twitter about that, but uh, Connor, we'll start with you on that one, on David Backus. Uh, I don't like the move purely because I think he should have been an Islander. Uh, the kind of jumped in on that one. I I think he fits in well there. I think he has... The Bruins have a certain certain aura around their team, and so they like certain players to be in there. I think Backus fits well. I think he's going to do well as a centerman for them, something they definitely needed to fill. But I don't know. Wish he was an Islander. Could have been okay. an Islander. Wow, okay, I have a much different opinion on that. Really? Yeah, what about you, Pat? Yeah, I, I agree with what Connor said for maybe about a year or two at most on that deal. Five years at $6 million per is, is uh, to me, that's nutty. That's the kind of money that a team like a, a Buffalo or a Toronto or somebody that, that has to kind of maybe overpay to bring in somebody with a name or a leader um, to their team needs. Uh Boston, they they have a couple of David Backuses already. I I, th I thought they would need to go uh, younger, and you know if nothing's out there, you know save your cash for something else. It, it Backus is a great player. I love him. He loves dogs. I love him. He's an American. We you know there's nothing wrong with David Backus, but that kind of money for that type of player who's obviously been a little bit on the decline, and you know he's not getting any younger. Uh, again, a deal that's going to be good for the first year or two, but by years four or five. Man, they're going to be kicking themselves. My my one problem with that is, and I understand it's a difference in positions, but if you're going to pay Backus, why not just pay Louis Erickson? True. You know what I mean? And it's not even really a difference in positions. I know everyone's talking about him as a center, but he played wing last year That's uh, true. For, for St. Louis, and, and I think that he'll probably end up on the right side of David Krejci, too, because then 
then you're going to be unless they trade Krejci, if that's part of their plan, right. which you've seen his name float around there now. I don't know. It, to me, it seems like the whole league is trying to get younger and faster, and the Bruins got another guy that w- you know would have fit into the big bad Bruins 15 years ago when they, you know that kind of slowdown style of play. So, and I and I respect Backus. I mean, he's a son of a bitch, and you know, in a in a good way. Right. Um, so dogs, Americans, everything you said. Uh, I'm glad he's out of the division because he's, you know, he's no fun to play against, and he and Taze have had a few fights here and there. Like they, there's genuine dislike there. Um, so good riddance. Uh, enjoy Boston. Hope you do well. But I, I just think that uh, I don't know. I didn't. I don't think that solves their. Like I don't think David Backus is getting them back in the playoffs. I think that he's just like another guy who they've already had. Uh, right. Exactly. So. I think that they might have had like the worst free agency because they spent the most money on something they didn't really need. I think he probably would have been a better fit on the Islanders too, Connor. Uh, yeah, I know you end up with Andrew Ladd. Who would you prefer between the two of those guys? I was honestly, uh, I'd rather Ladd because we need a wing on JT's side. If we got back, he would have been our second line center. Okay. I was honestly, I was expecting to go in like ultimate highest hopes was getting Backus and Ladd on free agency day. Obviously, it didn't happen. Yeah. But if I had to choose between the two, Ladd is the right choice. Okay, and then I know you blogged this, but the Islanders overall, I mean, they had a lot of moving moving parts in the last week or so. so. Yeah, I think I said this last week when we were on the podcast, but uh, I, a lot of turnaround going from last year into this year. It was all about, and like you said, I, I blogged it, it was all about just replacing the players they were losing. A lot of people thought that it was going to be the day they take that next step, but it was the day that they lost Ocposo and lost, I mean, lost uh, Martin, lost Ocposo, Inevitably lost Franz, which no, I think nobody expected. Uh, they had to fill the, ro- the three major role players that have been here for uh, more than half a decade. Got to got to replace talent with talent, and that's what they did. They did very well. I mean, it, for what they did and what they had to do, they did a great fucking job of it. Bringing in Chimera to replace Matt Martin, which I think is an upgrade. R.I.P. Matty Marks. But uh, <laughs> yeah, man, I don't know. I, I'm ha- like I said, for what it is, I'm happy with what they did. Yeah, I. Uh... I, I, you think they're taking a step forward or backward? Do they think it's just a status quo? If you, if you had to make, uh, they are they better today than they were on June thirtieth, on paper? No, I, only I because they lost Franz. Yeah. If they if Franz resigned, which what which is what everyone thought going into at eleven fifty five, I thought Franz was still going to resign. Then twelve o'clock came and everyone said he was going to Detroit. But if he stayed and we just got Lad replacing Akposo, Chimera replacing Martin, they're much better. I shouldn't say much, but they're a better team. But the yeah. fact that Franz is in Detroit now, it's a, it's a major gap to lose. Okay. Uh, and then 6-10, we might as well talk about the Rangers right now, too. I feel like they're not doing anything. <laughs> yeah. And, whoa, whoa, don't discredit Michael Grabner like that. I mean, I, I, I don't... When he scored 40 in, like, uh, 2008, something like that. And then he scored, like, 10 since. Yeah. But, yeah, but he's averaging, like, 17 breakaways a year. Right, and for what it's worth, it was 2011. I mean, it was only five years ago, so who knows? So you but, can just um, capture that. You just never know. I mean, it, that even even that move was weird. Listen, the 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 Rangers they they paid a hefty price. Um, they thought they can let Haglin go, and they had you know, and they had to make that sacrifice at the time. They thought they had enough speed to hang. They clearly didn't. Um, Haglin couldn't find a fit with the Ducks, but he worked wonders for Pittsburgh. Had as big a hand in their cup as anybody else. Um, and you could see, like you said, people are now paying a premium for speed. People want speed, guys. So bringing Grabner in and their penalty kill shit the bed, he played the most penalty-killing minutes you know, as a forward last year, um, I think besides maybe one guy on Detroit. But 
he's a he's a nice role piece. But again, we're thinking big picture. How are the Rangers going to rebound and supposedly get back to some sort of cup push? Their hands are tied. I, I and I I knew it wasn't going to be easy going in. And maybe um, silver lining is okay. If there's no move to be made, then don't force it. So maybe nothing is the smartest option they have. They chose not to buy out Girardi. I assume that makes more financial sense than I can tell, um, as opposed, you know, as far as dead money on the books is concerned. But even still, anything other than a, a third pair role for him is 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 too much. Um, they have no room to bring anybody else in. They're still talking about moving Rick Nash. Um, and what I think is happening right now, I don't necessarily think that teams are. Um, are low-balling the value of Rick Nash. I think people know exactly what they're going to get. Not a superstar, but a very good 200-foot player. Um, but people know the Rangers' hands are tied, so they're going to low-ball and low-ball and then walk away and see, you know, if, if Jeff if Gordon picks up the phone tomorrow and says, hey, wait, remember that deal you offered? You know, let's, let's, let's do that. Um, I still think in a perfect world, Rick Nash for Shattenkirk makes perfect sense, especially seeing all the, veteran, the veterans that the Blues lost. Nash doesn't have to be the guy there. That's Tarasenko's gig. Um, they got him, like I said in the last podcast, they have him for a year. If he doesn't pan out, expose him at you know the expansion draft, and you're out of that salary. The Rangers, can they keep Shattenkirk after this year? Maybe not, but their their biggest hole is on that second pair right side yeah. on their defense. He's the guy that I think they need to go after the most. But outside of that, they got Nathan Gerby, Michael Grabner, good speed penalty-killing role players, but... There's a lot of heavy lifting uh, to be done on that Rangers team before they're anywhere near um, what people expected them to be coming into this past season. What's the status on uh, guys like Hayes and Kreider? I mean, those, I mean, it seems like I think they both filed for arbitration, but yeah, they they did. Um, J.T. Miller did as well, and Dylan McElrath. Um, the interesting part is now with the Devils um, signing uh, Palmieri. Um, him and Kreider are almost identical players. Um, they're both the same age. They were drafted in the first round of the same year, um, and he just got, I believe, five years for somewhere between 4.5 and 5 mil. Yeah, um, that's an interesting – that's like a borderline uh, number for a guy like Kreider. The Devils can spend it. They have a little room. You know, that's, that, that's fine. Um, but Palmieri, he potted 30 goals last year. Kreider hasn't sniffed that yet. He hasn't had that breakout. He's just been a consistent – you know, sometimes great, sometimes disappearing act kind of guy. He'll get you his 20 goals, he flies, he hits, but he's also a space cadet. And you got to wonder, um, what are the Rangers going to do? Are they willing to go in at five years at almost five mil to keep him here? Do they just do, you know, like a one-year bridge deal and have him play for his next deal? Or do they think about moving him? Um, again, there's for everyone else, for the most part in the league, seems to be filling holes and making moves. I think the bulk of what the Rangers have to do is 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 yet to happen. Yeah, it feels like they've been just treading water. Like they just haven't, you know, they haven't made any moves on their own guys. It's just like we'll just wait and see how it goes. I don't know. It was kind of I, I expected them to do something with Nash or Kreider or somebody. Right. Uh, at this point, if you had to choose between the two, given their contract statuses, like if you could, would you keep Nash or or Kreider? Would I? Keep Nash yeah, for his two say, years, or would I re-sign Kreider for a five at five or something like that? Yeah, like because let's say that it's like there's not enough money to go around for both. Would you right. would you clear Nash's cap space to keep the younger guy who hasn't really proven it yet? I yeah, I would, I would. Um, again, I, I I like Nash as a player, but I just think there's certain guys that are 
um, superstars that'll take over games. I mean, it, it's not a question of talent. It's a question of, and again, I've, I've said this all year last year about the Rangers, the, the quote-unquote it. Taze and Kane, those are two guys that have it. They need a fucking goal. They make it happen. Nash is a great, talented player, but he happens to disappear more times than not. He's had plenty of shots on very good Ranger teams to help, you know, push them over the hump. It hasn't happened. I mean, there's, we're, we're just going to keep looking at him to do it again for the next two years as opposed to get the most, maximize the value of a return and hope that these younger guys can step into those shoes. I'd rather do that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, that I mean, that trade just hasn't gotten done. I don't know. I feel like the Rangers aren't going anywhere. Teams that were aggressive, uh, Montreal and Nashville. Um Obviously, that Montreal, was, that's a blockbuster. A huge, huge block, <laughs> blockbuster. Getting Andrew Shaw, major, major, <laughs> and, uh, and then all you know. The, I do want to get you guys' opinion on this because I think the entire internet rushed to crown Nashville as like what a steal for getting the PK for for uh, Shea Weber. Uh, just, where, where do you guys land on that? I mean, Connor, we'll go back to you to start with. What's uh? What's your kind of trade grade or overall impression of uh, of the PK? To Talk, the like strictly hockey and product on the ice, I think it's a pretty one-for-one one deal. Uh, I know a lot of people, like Shea Weber is one of the like few people in the NHL that everybody loves to shit on. But when you sit back and like look at his numbers, he's actually a very, he's a, he's a quality defenseman, like top quality defenseman. Yeah. Uh, as far as like all the off ice intangibles, I think Nashville clearly won because PK is going to have the time of his fucking life in that in, in that city. He's going to be a king in that city, and people are going to yeah. love the enthusiasm he brings, the charisma he has. Hopefully, at least it's the South and hockey doesn't. Yeah, kind of it's the right a way black hockey player in the South. That's so. true. Let's hope <laughs> in a perfect world it'll go. It'll, yeah. Nashville will bring him in as their own child, but uh, I like it. I think Nashville is the winner if you had to choose one between the two. Yeah, but uh, man, PK is going to love Nashville if they don't throw all the racism in his face. Yeah, I, I think I think Nashville is actually pretty okay. Um, I would like to think so. I think it's not like it's not like some other cities down there. Yeah, no. I mean, if you go to East Tennessee, yeah, exactly. Smoky Mountains. If he gets lost <laughs> driving from Montreal to Nashville, you might run into some problems. But uh, in Nashville, I think he'll be all right. What about you, six uh, ten? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same. I I do think that um, Nashville's going to win out in this trade. I think what again people keep underestimating. I. I know it's it's easy to say that you know PK is is younger and he's more flashy. Um, Weber's obviously a, a more uh, solid, um, I, I guess, leader type of defenseman. They, they they a lot of people are saying PK's personality just outgrew Montreal. They don't like one guy to be bigger than the game, whether he's doing it intentionally or not. Um, Weber's going to be fine. But here's the thing: imagine being arguably one of the top five or top ten, wherever you want to rank PK of all defensemen in the league playing on an island in Montreal and now going to join, you know, Josie and Ellis and Ekholm under Laviolette, he's going to go fucking bananas, bananas in Nashville with a chip on his shoulder, no less. And meanwhile, again, Weber's not to take away any that too, because they always struggle for goals. Like they're going to, they'll probably say, Hey, right. No more. Go nuts. Go nuts. So. Right, and, and think about it. He's been doing what he's done semi-handcuffed. And and the, the big thing is, too, with Weber, he's 30. That's not ancient, even though we talked about last week. Maybe it might as well be 70, depending on if you're sitting on the podcast or the NHL bench. Um, but 
now he's going to be on an island, and he hasn't been in that situation in a couple of years. So, you know, how much different is that going to be from 27-year-old Shea Weber to 31, 32, 33-year-old Weber? That that might expose him a little bit too. Yeah, I mean, it, and I know everyone loves, like, PK's personality, and I do too. Uh, I, I do think that that was a real factor, though. If you have your best, highest paid, and most vocal guy is just it, everything sunshine and rainbows all the time, even when your team dies at Christmas, they went from first place to fifth right. in the Atlantic in about six weeks, and and I think that you know they have the right to be like, look, we want a different tone and a different level of, of we'll call it professionalism in in the locker room, uh, and and a different energy. And Weber and and Andrew Shaw certainly bring that. So uh, I think that that's an X factor that shouldn't be overlooked. Uh, and I still think Weber is great, and, I, and like from a Blackhawks fan perspective, like I love the trade just because I get to see PK Subban, you know, what is it, five times a year, five six times a year, and I don't ever have to see Shea Weber really again. See, and, here's the one caveat to that: PK is way more of a son of a bitch. I know Weber. Weber gets down and dirty, but PK might hurt somebody. He might. He might take a knee or take uh, give a stick to the face or something. He's a wild card. Yeah, I don't. I think there's just so much like much more wear and tear playing against Weber. Like Weber, like PK might do something. You're right to like injure you. Weber's just right. gonna like, hurt you every single game. Like you might you might not be right chip, for a chip, week. Chip, 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 and you yeah. don't even know what happened. And all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, Shea Weber got me a week ago. Yeah, <laughs> a week ago. I haven't been right. So. Uh, and I and like I said, I still think he's a he's a great defenseman. So um, I don't know. It, sh- it should be interesting. I think I don't think either team is really that much closer to winning a Stanley Cup because of this trade. But I think you know, uh, and that was the other part of it with with Weber's contract going for ten years. Like I don't really give a shit about that. You're tied to right. Carey Price the next four years of Carey Price. And if you think Weber can help you in those four years, get you closer to win a cup, then you do it. And if it doesn't work out, well, then you're rebuilding anyway. So who gives a shit that you have a bloated contract when you're going to be tanking and having all these young guys and all that? Because that's kind of the direction. So it doesn't really, to me, that the length of contract doesn't really matter. The one thing that I haven't heard many people talk about is why did Nashville want to make the move? What's I mean, I don't think they necessarily had a beef with Weber per se, but maybe they saw something. Maybe they saw a little slowdown that some of these young defensemen were were covering up. I mean, that's that's why I'm, I'm if if anybody loses this deal severely, it'll be Montreal. I don't think I think Nashville took a calculated risk, and I think they'll be fine. Um, but again, I I don't think Weber did. Weber almost seems like the type of guy that you're willing to overpay to keep him in that locker room and to yeah. keep him with those young defenders. It's kind of I, I I get why they did it, but there just seems to be more um, behind the scenes to Weber. Not necessarily attitude or anything else, but or maybe they just they they were like, wait, we really signed him this contract. Let this is our time to get out of it. Let's let's bail. And especially, you know, that, that's a good point, too, because, you know, Ryan Johansson's been known as kind of a problem guy, uh, effort, not bringing the same effort night in, night out, and maybe he had Weber to kind of, like, grab him by the scruff of his neck and be like, look at, like, because he became a much better player in Nashville, right. much more consistent player in Nashville. Than Is it Ribeiro still there? <laughs> that's another problem. So, I mean, you want that guy there with PK and Rigel? Like, oh, shit, I don't have to do anything yeah, anymore. So, I mean, they, they really, I mean... I think PK is going to be great there, and I, I, the locker room. I feel like everyone just wants to ignore the locker room stuff these days, but that is like a real factor. Like anyone who's ever like been in any type of team environment, whether it's at work or sports, like 
the right. mood absolutely of the room, like it absolutely has an impact on performance. It's not just hockey; it's it's every single team environment, um, but especially hockey. <laughs> I think um, I don't know plucking Weber out of there, who's been like the sheriff of that town since he got drafted, is 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 a pretty is a pretty big risk. But it, if all that stuff kind of works itself out, then Nashville. I mean, I really think that the offensive punch that PK can provide is gonna is gonna help that team. So they went to the conference finals last year. Uh, they they're gonna be a good team as long as the culture. Um, Stays, you know, pretty close. And Rene comes back to a Vezina caliber goalie instead of shitting the yeah. bed like he did last year. Yeah, yeah, that too. Um, trying to think, what was the other? The, oh, the Taylor Hall trade. Um, that was the other big trade that went down around the uh, free agency time. Impacts you guys kind of directly uh, as they're your neighbors. Six um, ten. Would you uh, would you make of that trade? I don't know how else you can look at that trade. I mean, it's it's. I understand the Oilers to them. Taylor Hall, they they have a ton of young, skilled forwards, so to them it's nothing. But Adam Larson, I I mean, when they made that trade, half of the league, uh, half of the GMs had to be like, oh, shit, wait, that's all we needed to, why didn't we just offer blah, blah, blah. I mean, I, I, I get it. They need defensive help, and Larson's not, he's not a bum, but... I mean, pretty good. I mean, yeah, we, he yeah. is. He, he's a he's yeah. a solid. Is is he your anchor number one? Maybe not, but he's a deserved top pair I think dude. He's I, your number two. If he's right, like, I'm saying. Yeah, right. yeah. But is that is that what you trade a Taylor Hall for? Uh, you can argue that somebody probably would have given more, but I, I I get I get the Oilers' angle, and it's it's actually good for them to see to try and at least attempt to make the right move because that's certainly what they need to do. Whether or not they overpaid um, for a guy like Larson remains to be seen. But as far as the Devils are concerned, I mean, they're 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 knocking. I mean, oh, yeah. they, they 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 if they get another uh, solid defender, they're they're going to be ready to make some noise. Again, they signed Palmieri. They have Camilleri for a whole year now. He missed half the season. He's probably their best offensive weapon now until Taylor Hall steps in. And they have a lot of young forwards. Zajac's still there. Henrique's still there. They're very Schneider, good. Schneider should have. Yeah, Schneider's he right. Like he could have won the Vesna. Yep. He did that good of a year. Um, Connor, what do you make of that of that move? I'm with you guys. It's just. When I first saw that, it was Hall for Larson straight up. I, I thought I was getting trolled. <laughs> but uh, knowing that that couldn't have been their first option, Larson. They had to have shopped Hall to pretty much everybody else before settling for Larson. Yeah. Uh, I know that they were really high. I, I know I said this last week. I was like half serious, half joking when I said Hall for Hamannick. It turns out they were very high on Hamannick and pushing really yeah. hard to try and get Travis. And the Islanders said no. And the Islanders said no, which... Uh, We'll talk about that a different day. I don't. Uh, <laughs> just like I said, knowing that that was, Larson wasn't their first option, I kind of understand it. That like six ten said, it's something they desperately needed. Larson might not have been the perfect guy for what they needed, but it's still what they needed. You got to take what yeah. you can get when you beggars can't be choosers. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. De- De- Devils definitely, def- excuse me, definitely came out of that trade, the winners. But like I said, beggars can't be choosers. You need defense. You got to find it any way you can. Yeah, I. I... I think that's the perfect way to put it because everyone was like killing the Oilers that trade, and I kind of I don't think it's that bad of a trade. Like, I think I think it's Larson, not as bad as people made it out to be, but yeah. it, it it there's a clear cut winner when you boil it down for that trade. Right? Yeah, in terms of pure talent, but it's like you, it's hard to find good young mobile cheap 
you know, contract-controlled defensemen. They're, they're just not out there. I mean, if you get a guy, like we just saw Hedman sign that contract. I mean, not that Larson is Hedman, but he's a guy that played the NHL as an 18-year-old, which is, right. which is very rare. So he's still, what is he, 22, maybe? 23 at most. Yeah. Yeah. So he, I mean, he's, and this is when defensemen really start to turn the corners after, like, you know, between two, around 250 NHL games. So he's going to, well, I think Larson's going to end up being a really good player. Uh, I like Taylor Hall. My, my guy, Brent Sopel, uh, former Hawk, I don't know why, but he fucking hates Taylor Hall. Uh, <laughs> he, he hates a lot of people, but he went on like a Twitter rant when that trade went down, like, oh, the Oilers just got so much better. They could they could have gotten <laughs> nothing for Taylor Hall and still improved with this trade. So I don't know, like, and he is from that area, so I don't know if there's, like, some behind-the-scenes, like... See, and that's what I was going to say. Like, with all the forwards that they have, was Taylor Hall really the number one guy? Like, I feel like there was maybe a little less talented or less proven guys they could have moved in for a similar Hall. I was surprised yeah. to see Taylor Hall be the guy picked to go. Yeah, I mean, we uh, they, they certainly had those different names. Everly's name was floated last year. Nugent Hopkins' name, you always heard his name involved yep. in the trade rumors, and then obviously Hall as well. So, yeah, I, I would have I would have assumed from, like, the outside looking in that it would have been Nugent Hopkins because he's a center they have. Now they have McDavid and Dreisaitl as a, their, their clear top two, or Yakupov if they wanted to move. Yakupov would certainly fit that bill, right. but but he's a bump. Like no one. Yeah, really I don't know what you're getting from him. I, I heard people were saying they were asking sixth round picks for Yakupov, and no one wanted it. That's where we're at. Yeah. Wow. What a fall from grace. That guy. <laughs> like when I always go on like my little rants about Russian hockey players, that's what I'm. Talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about Alex Semin, and I'm talking about Yakupov. Those guys have all the talent in the world, and they're dogs. Um, See, I gotta, I gotta bring it back to the Rangers, though. You just read me one more. They have, they have their boy Pavel Buchnevich, another Russian, coming to New York. He, 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 he He's gonna get a spot on the NHL roster. Okay. And uh, you know, I, 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 I saw a picture of him in his new Ranger T-shirt. He's like six one, like ninety three pounds. I don't know what. I mean, he's the skinniest dude ever. I assume obviously he's going to grow into his body or whatnot. But I don't know what it is, and I, I, I fought saying it for so long. I think he's a bad Russian. I think he's a bad Russian. I don't. I hope I'm dead wrong. All the talent in the world. I think he's a bad Russian, but the, the, obviously the jury's going to be out on that. And the how, Rangers, how, the last thing the Rangers need is a fucking bad Russian on that squad. <laughs> how old is he now? Uh, 19, 20. Okay. Well, and that's like the same thing. Like I got a buddy who uh, that I used to play with that's kind of close to some of the Hawks. And I was like asking about the Teravina trade. And he's like, dude, he, he's Finnish, but he's a little too Russian. And so that, that was so it was like oh say no more like that makes perfect sense so guy doesn't work out he smokes butts all the time he you know like that's just kind of the deal with with the Russian hockey player so I you know that's that's a real thing that people you know think I'm just like harping on Russians I'm not it's real he just uh, turned he just turned 21 but yeah he's he's, he's listed at six two one seventy six and the man the picture they saw on him I don't even. It was Someone it was one, the right? skinniest person I've ever seen in my life. Okay. Um, somebody asked a question that I think is kind of interesting too. Um, this came from Andrew Walden. Uh, if you're a team in dire need of, of a defenseman, I assume this guy's a Bruins guy because they're in dire need of a defenseman. Uh, would you rather, like, just as a comparison, would you rather have Shattenkirk or or 
or Cam Fowler? If you guys had to had to pick, a couple of nice young American boys. That's a good question because I, I personally, for the Rangers, I, I would certainly rather have Shattenkirk on my team. Okay. Um, but that's specifically for a right side, right-handed um, yeah. shot type of need. Camp Camp Fowler to me, I I feel like he's very he's 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 on the underrated side, and Shattenkirk might be a little overrated. Um, I, that's that's a coin flip. It's a good question. I, I'm I'm gonna say Shattenkirk for my own Ranger needs. I've been doing a little more homework on him, yeah. um, but I don't think you can go wrong either way. Okay, and Connor, do you have an opinion? And these are both Western Conference guys, so I don't know how. Yeah, it's tough for me to really say. I don't know him too well. Like I know the names. I'd probably go Fowler. I'm a, yeah, I'm a big Fowler guy too. I'm, Fowler, yeah. I Fowler, Fowler, just because I think he fits the mold for this team better than Shattenkirk would. Yeah. Well, I, I think Fowler, I think he took that next step last year. So they were kind of similar guys, both very offensive oriented. And I think Fowler kind of emerged um, as a, you know, we saw him up close and in, in personal in that Western Conference Finals last year, and he was he was fantastic. So, I don't know. I think Fowler's a better player. I was surprised to see his name out there as well. Um, like, if the Oilers had gotten Cam Fowler for Taylor Hall, I would have been like, whoa. Like, Right, and his name's only out there because they can only protect so many guys. They're going to have to do something with someone eventually. Yeah. I can't wait to see who, who the Hawks are forced to give up next year, that stupid Vegas team. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think what it, we actually we got one other interesting question. We might as well jump into this now. We got a Mary fuck kill, um, Connor. I think this came from one of your Anu Platt A N U underscore Platt. Okay, and it's a Mary fuck kill of Don Cherry, um, Milbury, and Pierre. And before we got going, like uh, before we we hit record, Pat said like there is only one answer. Six Ten said there is only one answer. So. We might as well start with you. What's uh, what is the answer? I mean, you clearly you marry Don Cherry. That's yeah, you that's clearly marry Don Cherry. You have to kill Mike Milbury. He deserves <laughs> a death. They both deserve to die. But Mike Milbury, see, Mike Milbury, you're gonna have a lot of fun murdering because he, he and you know what? Quite frankly, he's gonna he's gonna put up a little bit of a fight. If I gotta murder, <laughs> I mean, that seems a little. Now, Pierre, I'm going to fuck, but I'm not going to fuck Pierre. I'm going to make love, and then I'm going to disrespect him at the end for all his little quips while he tells me what my hometown is and where I went to junior high. Yeah, I mean, that that is that was perfect. Absolutely perfect. Yeah. And Pierre, the whole idea of the fuck is that it's once. Like, I can take small doses of Pierre, and I, can, I want Don Cherry to tell me stories for the rest of my exactly. life. Right. So... That's the easy one. I, I don't hate Milbury as much as every as much as everyone else does too. I get kind of a he's so outrageous. He entertains me the way like Trump does, where I like just kind of sit back like tr- like it's scary that Trump's gonna you know, could be the president and all that. But the things he says are so outrageous that I still like can't help but laugh at it. And I feel the same way about about Milbury, where it's like that is so so preposterous, and I feel like he is doing it for that desired effect. Like, I think he's like in on the joke a lot of times. I yeah, know, see, I, think... I don't, I don't mind ahead, Milbury as a commentator because, like you said, I, I think he a lot of the stuff he a lot of the stuff he says is just for that shock value. Yeah. 
I want to kill him just because of what he did to the Islanders, man. Trading that's what I was going to say. Those, like, you have a little personal vendetta. The whole reason I want to drive that spike through his neck. <laughs> Graphic. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've thought about this before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes that makes sense, I guess. Uh, yeah, no, I thought that was a, that was a good question. Um, yeah, that was a good one. I'm trying to think. Do we have any other? I think there was one other question. Well, uh, Chief, a question for you about your uh, Team B. Your your Panthers have been busy. They have. Um, they lost Brian Campbell because he got seduced by a blogger. So. <laughs> which, is, which is fair. That's their one minus. But, I yeah. mean, yeah. Talk, you're talking about locking up a guy like Hedman. They they, they have Ekblad. They're locking up all the youngsters. They're, they're in it with this core for the next five or so years, and I don't think I can blame them. I, it might be them in Tampa for right. – the foreseeable future. Like, Florida is a hockey hotbed. It is a hockey it's hotbed. Cool. No, I, yeah, for real. And like, I feel like the Panthers got good almost overnight. Right. Like, like they were struggling. They had all these draft picks, and none of them were really working out. And then they all got good at the same time. Uh, and Ekblad, I mean, he's probably in that class of stud young defensemen with with Hedman, like the guys that you can oh, really build, right. a, build a core around. So, uh, yeah, I like the I like the Panthers. I thought they signed like. What's the read on on Demers or whatever the hell his name Demers? is? Demers, yeah, he. Oh, Demers. I mean, he's he's real solid. Like he's never like. I kind of wanted him as a plan B for the Rangers. I thought he's a very well-rounded right-handed guy, a little offense, can skate, he can do a little bit of everything. And you never notice him, which is probably the best thing you can say about. Right, him. unless you're a top pair guy, I never. I don't want to know your name. I don't ever want to hear your name called. Yeah, everything. He, it's almost like I don't want to compare him to Nick Lidstrom because that's absurd. But that. Nick Lidstrom, it was just like, oh, my God, he played half the game, and I don't know if he touched the puck. But it was right. just, you know, because like, he never did anything flashy. And, and Jason Amers is like a, a bum's version of that. Like, Nick right. Lidstrom was like the best defenseman of our lifetime. But, but yeah, Jamares is, is kind of similar styles, quiet, does everything well. Uh, I think Dallas is going to miss him. They have, they have a few young, good defensemen coming up, um, but he was a big part of that team. So I think Dallas, I think everybody in the West kind of got worse. Like the Hawks. They have major holes to fill up front. I mean, they, the D should be better, but losing Andrew Shaw, losing the Taravainen, they're they're going to have at least four rookies on the team next year. So that's right. a little bit scary. Uh, St. Louis certainly got worse. Uh, what do you think about uh, the Sharks? Do you think that this was a lightning in the bottle, or do you think Martin Jones was the difference? And now they have all these old guys going into their last hurrah. They added Bodgro for cheap, which is a nice little boost for them. I, I think don't they know might why be back. that signing's not getting talked about more. I thought Michael Boddicker is 26. He can fly, so he, yep. fits, he fits their style. I think he's going to be great up there. I think San Jose, I mean, I know they just won the West. <laughs> I said nobody got better. Ah, the, the, the Western Conference champions probably were the ones. Right. Probably. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think that was a, that was a great signing. Um, but, yeah, the West and L.A., I don't really buy L. I mean, they lost Luch, which is, I don't know if it's that big of a deal, but they didn't seem like they got any better. I don't know. I feel like the the power has been in the West for so many years, and I feel like it's it's, oh, it's definitely shifting shifting back to the East. So and it's not uh, shifting to the conventional Eastern teams either. No, it's not, it's not shifting to the Northeast. No, <laughs> right, right. To say yeah. So yeah, back to the Panthers. I mean, they. I think Yandel's going to be a good fit down there. They have all the scoring they need up front. It was like last year. They were just kind of learning how to play. They still have Yogs, and and that went to seven games, correct? 
Connor. Six. Six. Game. So they they pushed a you know a pretty good Islanders team. Either had, way though, that's experience though for those kids. Oh, and that of course. Goes a long way. Yeah, and you know Huberto and Barkov and those guys look like they're the real deal. So um, adding some fresh young legs on the back end and, and locking those guys up. I mean they're. That's 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 going to be a team for some time to come, and, and credit to to Dale Talent. I mean, that guy, he gets fired from Chicago for for kind of bullshit reasons. Like they they were looking for a reason to move him, and basically he messed up where he didn't tender any restricted free agents because like he got like he got his calendar messed up. Um, like that like that's a real story. Like it was like oh none of our offer sheets came in because it was Canada Day. And so then they actually had to like go out and sign Christopher Steeg to like more money and burst more money. So like that was a problem. Um, but he built that whole team. He found Bufflin and, and Taves and Kane, obviously at the top of that round, Duncan Keith, Brent Seabrook. He, he drafted that entire squad and then went down to Florida and has basically done the same thing. Yep. Yeah, these are, a lot of these are homegrown pieces. Yeah, yeah. So he's got to be one of the best hockey minds like in the game. And I feel like he's not getting... Uh, as much credit just because it's the Panthers, but uh, yeah, I think the Panthers are good. Or, or, uh, where do the Ra- where do the Rangers stack up and the Islanders? I, I feel like I would be very afraid of those teams. Like I, they're like, still playoff teams, but you can't by any stretch uh, think that they're ready as is to compete for. Yeah. The Eastern Conference title. And I mean, a, a lot of teams, majority of the Eastern Conference got better, where both teams, the Islanders and Rangers, kind of stayed put. Right, Pens and Caps are still good. The Florida teams got better. The Devils are coming. Yeah, the, I mean, the, the teams that needed to get better got better, and then there's the teams that were better are still better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Any uh, any teams that missed the playoffs last year? You know, Boston, Montreal, Toronto, Buffalo. Any of those teams do enough to push themselves back in? I think Buffalo. Buffalo is a f- very as close to a fringe team as you can get. Okay. Just because of the offense they've added. They yeah, need to get Evander Kane out of that locker room. Yes. <laughs> got to get. He's got. He's got no no trade or anything. I don't know what you can get for him, but they have too many. You know, too much um, upstart talent to taint with whatever the hell he's bringing. I mean, it's it's. He's yeah. just bad news. He's got to go. I mean, Did they just say he was facing uh, like non-criminal charges or something like that? I was just reading. I just saw his name today. He was facing some sort of charges. Yeah, he's like in trouble assault. again. He for, got in trouble again, but he did. Just get acquitted for the sexual assault, like whatever that was. Like it turns and, out, that... right? And I don't want to call him a, a criminal per se, but this isn't the first time he's been in some sort of off ice crap, whether it's with the team or with the law or just you know the stupid Instagrams and whatnot. And you can do stupid things. You can be a jerk. You can be a kid, but you can't do it this much this often and yeah. not learn your lesson. I mean, the, the, I mean, there's for a, a young that... team. Yeah, there's a reason Bufflin and Ladd both wanted to whip his ass um, when he was in Winnipeg because the guy's a he's a he's a punk kid. Like I hate to sound like right. the guy who's over the old guy here, but he like Evander Kane's a punk. Like that's what that is. No, we were just saying how you need to have a good locker room. You can't have anyone fucking up that aura in there, and that's exactly what Evander Kane has done in pretty much every team he's been on. Yeah. Right. So, so before it happens, yeah. get him out of there. But I'll tell you yeah. what, oh, oh, your boy Oposo, I think, is going to do good there. I think he's, oh, he's so many Islander fans and pe- just people in general just completely wrote him off as he was a product of JT. Couldn't be farther from the truth. Oposo right. is a, a great offensive player. talent. Yeah. Obviously, playing alongside JT is going to help your game, but he he can get it done on his own. Especially I don't, if he's I don't like really next to Eichel. That argument too, by the way. What? 
oh, he only played it's because he played with player X. You know, well, I will I will give you one example that's playing with Ocposo and used to play with JT, and that's Matt Molson. Matt Molson, yeah, he got five million dollars. <laughs> Matt Molson owes Tavares every like eighty percent of his contract. Yeah, I, exactly. I know, and I, I hear that, but it, I also think there is like the flip side of that coin where not everybody can play with great players. Like you have sure. to. Like you have to have like a certain amount of ability and and mental. Uh, like be able oh, of to course, play. you can't like, throw... like, a, like a guy like Chris Kunitz. Like that guy, he if you put him uh, like that guy knows how to play with good players, and uh, and not everybody not everybody can. So I do think there is an element of that as well, and I think that's that's a real skill. Like if you can get yourself in the right spot, and if that's what Ocposo is doing, and JT is making his life easy and making him rich. Then that's something that he should be able to cash in on. So, um, yeah, I, I like that move for them. And he's always been kind of a—is he like known as like a, a good guy? I feel like that's Ocposo. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And he's—he's he's not necessarily, you know, from down the games I've watched, he's not a tough guy per se, but he has no fear. He'll do whatever yeah, he has to. That's a good he's, way of putting he's, it. He's—he's he's he's a, he's a guts guy. Yeah. He'll step up when he needs to. Is the best right. way to put it. Okay. All right. Well, we've been going for like almost forty-five minutes now, so. Uh, you guys just want to wrap up with uh, um, who are like your top your top three teams in the league after after uh, free agency or 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 your contenders like who or who won? Give me give me something. We can take it any way you want. Um, I mean, I could. So let's see. I mean, give me, we give pretty. Me. I think I think everybody we talked about are going to be like te- like you know the lightning the sharks the preds the devils the panthers you think the, the sabers preds, you think the preds are back at that level you would put them I think I think if I think if 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 Rene can go back to two seasons ago as opposed to last season I think um and again like you said your your squad and and the kings they're not falling out of the picture completely but yeah. this might be the first year in the last couple where there's some legitimate question marks where you know they could find themselves in trouble with one injury or or one poor performance or yeah. you know it's and besides the sharks like we said how many other teams in the west really um improved yeah i i do want to clarify one thing about the hawks here we go right. so, i offended him Connor. <laughs> did a little bit and i kind of you know Crack the door open for that. I'm just saying they're a little bit. <laughs> no, you're you're right. You're right. There are there are question marks, but there, I don't think it's ridiculous to assume that a guy like Nick Schmaltz can come in and do just as well, if not even a little bit better than Tara Vinan, who had 25 points last year. It's not like like Tara Vinan has like obvious talent, um, but he didn't really produce so. I think that there is, you know, the top six is largely intact. We lost Ladd, but he was a rental anyways. I, I think that they're going to be the, – the, the Stanley Cup still goes through Chicago. Don't you guys forget that. Uh, they do actually have a little cap flexibility for, for a trade deadline deal if they need it. Um, but I Campbell. think they're going to be fine. Campbell, that's, a, that's a cheap, nice piece. You were happy to woo him back. Campbell is – I think he would have – been just as important in Florida, but few teams needed a guy like that more than the Hawks. And, and well, I, supposedly that was move. when they signed Yandel. It was because Campbell was like, "I'm out of here. I'm going to Chicago." Oh, really? Yeah. Well, was, I mean, they, how much longer were they going to keep Campbell though in Florida anyway? I mean, that probably would have been a mistake. I I think he turned down what I saw. It was like it was like two years and six million dollars. He took one one year and two million for the Hawks. 
Um, and he lives here in the off season. His wife's from here. You know, it, bloggers love him. That's <laughs> he was he was coming back. So yeah, that helps. They signed a guy from the KHL as a Czech Republic guy to be their sixth defenseman. So now they have uh, really, I think, one of the better defensive units in the league, which was a, a little bit of a weakness. That third, well, I shouldn't say a little bit. They had no third pair the last two years. Right. So they won the cup with four guys um, in twenty. 15, 2016, it caught up to him, obviously, in that blue series. Uh, but I think they're going to be fine. Like I think, I think it's there are some question marks, and there will be some learning curves. But the Hawks are still. You got Taves, Kane, Keith, and Joel Quenville. Like, but in that division, who's number two now? I mean, you can't say the Blues. You can't say the Wild. It's got to be the Preds. I would say the Preds. I still think Dallas is in that. I mean, they're going to have oh, yeah. to... Yeah, I don't know why I just left Dallas out. I still don't <laughs> trust their goalie situation, though. I mean, they're, yeah, they're, you're never going to winning with those guys, period. I said it from the start, and they, they proved to be better than I thought they would be, but they still they in the should, end... They should find a way to trade for Bishop. Like, that's... Right. I mean, a team yeah, like that, how do you not make it happen? I don't... Exactly. The, the problem is that they're already paying those guys a combined, like, $10 million. So you'd have to find a taker for right. one of your goalies to make room for Bishop, but if they, they have to find a way to do that. Not that I'm like... Suggesting. And they took, like you said, like you said, though, they took some hits on defense, too. Yeah, but, I mean, they're... I don't think they're going to lose much. because They got Steven Johns, who they honestly just straight up stole from the Blackhawks. Like, he was a Blackhawk, and they were like, we will make this sharp trade so you can get <laughs> under the cap and be cap compliant, but you have to give us Steven Johns. So, now he's, like, he's a, he's a stud. So now he's going to be there a full year. They have another Finnish kid uh, coming. Like their their D is their D is going to be really really still very solid because uh, their young guys are so good. Um, but yeah, it would be Dallas, Chicago, and, and and Nashville. I do think Winnipeg is going to get better quicker than people think. Um, they have a lot of young talent there now, and now they added uh, what's his face uh, in the draft, who, who will probably make the team. Elaine. Elaine. Yeah. Um, so they're they're on the they're on the come. So Winnipeg, I, that would be my dark horse team to make the playoffs. Um, out of the central would be would be Winnipeg. Um, I don't know, boys. Any any it, final it, thoughts from you, Connor? What do you think about your boy uh, Stan visiting Vessi today, or was it yesterday? It was yesterday, and he was it was like some pro league game, which I hadn't even heard of that. So I that same kid who knows the Hawks, I was like, What's a fucking pro league game? And it's basically just like pickup games. Like Stan like flew outside <laughs> to watch V C play in a pickup game. Um and then I so I, I tweeted that and I like had it included in my blog and had like four more tips come through emails and DMs. Um so that I guess Buffalo is out and Boston is out, and it's like between Toronto and Chicago. Uh, hey, don't forget about us. <laughs> no, you guys are out now, too. <laughs> per, per anonymous DM sources, <laughs> uh, the Rangers are now out, and it's between the Hawks and and the Leafs, but the Leafs, like, uh, his dad has a job as, like, a scout or something for the Leafs, and they drafted his younger brother uh, a couple of years ago. So maybe got to roll out that Campbell red carpet for him now. I, I wonder, Campbell never, like, acknowledged those, and I do get, like, some play from the Hawks um, on Twitter, so I'm wondering if, like, it was maybe working. I mean, the fucking captain thing. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I was about to say. Yeah, but I, I thought maybe I, like, was scaring away Campbell. Like, I got a stalker-blogger situation going on here, so I don't want to do the same thing with VC. Um, Is that how you pronounce it, VC? 
Yeah. 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 Okay. VC. Yeah. Um. So, but he would be another guy that would be perfect. We got VC, and he's like, I I watched like some YouTubes of him today. He makes the ECA. I saw the one you posted. That was that was laughable. It it's like absurd. Like he's playing as peewees, but um, but yeah, I think that guy. Whew, taking at him, it's that would really suck for Nashville too because he was their guy. The Nashville might have won the cup if they had VC. Like that's how that's they were pretty close. They have one more yeah. really good forward. That might have been the difference. But um, all right, boys, I think we should want to end on that. Connor, any final thoughts? Yeah, I just need hockey to get nope. here. All right. <laughs> All right. I just want to hear. I just want to hear one more thing from you, Chief. I want to close out with this. What about your boy Radulov coming back to the NHL? Talk about oh, bad Russians. I mean, bad Russians. How, how bad do you Russians. how do you honestly translate his dominance of the KHL um, coming here? And do you think it's weird that Montreal was worried about whether it be locker room character, blah blah blah, and got rid of Subban and then brought this guy in? For six that, is, that is weird. Um, I don't know what to make of the KHL because they have, like, if you look at their leading scores, like Kovalchuk's always near the top. Um, Panarin, uh, before he came over, was right near the top. And then they'll have, like, three North American guys that, um, like, couldn't make the NHL but are, like, they light up the KHL. So who, I don't know what, like, the KHL is. I can't comment. Yeah, I, I got that actually. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if like if that means Radulov is good. I feel like sometimes it means guys like Panarin obviously came in and won the Rookie of the Year, but then you have who's that guy from the Flyers who like I can't remember his name right now, but he like like couldn't crack an NHL lineup, and now he's like the third leading scorer in the KHL. So that's a weird league. I don't really pretend to understand it, so I I can't make. Uh, it's a weird landing on. spot, though, too. I mean, you figure a guy like that that's shown, you know, I, maybe he's older and wiser, but he's thrown temper tantrums before and then play the KHL versus the NHL. What's he going to do when he doesn't play with who he wants, when he wants, where he wants? It's just yeah, a, a very strange move to follow up getting rid of Subban and bringing in They do like have some experience with that with uh, Alexei Kovalev back in the day. So, like, the fans at least should know what to expect since they've, they've had temperamental, talented Russians before. Um, that's fair. But yeah, I think uh, I'm ready for hockey too. It's, it seems like this is like dog days of everything, where it's just like there's no sports, and I'm. Just... I'll tell you what, I'm not ready for hockey because my team isn't doing jack shit. I gotta watch fucking Michael Grabner, and literally Nathan Gerby is fucking five foot four, man. That's 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 the dude. That's the dude that 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 the Rangers gotta. I gotta watch this little motherfucker if, skate around. I'll give you one piece of advice on Grabner. Don't think of him as a guy who's gonna score goals. Just oh, think I of him as someone who's. Purely gonna be a great penalty killer for you. The as reason why, you, the reason why I'm prepared for Grabner is because I've already seen it with Haglin and Kreider. Kreider obviously is a better finisher, but hands-wise, anytime they're on a breakaway, I just look the other way because I know they're gonna piss me off. There you go. As much as he's gonna piss you off on missing breakaway opportunities, you're gonna love him for how he kills penalties. Okay. That's that's exactly what they need. They still need help up them. Well, they need help anywhere. I'm not gonna get into that again. I'm gonna go kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Well, I think that will end on six ten killing himself. So, uh, you guys have a good weekend, and we'll uh, see you maybe a month. I don't know when we'll do the next one. <laughs> yeah, whenever you're ready. All right, later, boys.